0: Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. Jen, thank you for coming in. Oh, yeah. And I have, you know, like, it was interesting because Jen got me got me she said he's got a story that you have to hear and I was like why do I have to hear it and then and she said because it's really important and I said okay cool because I have no idea right Mm -hmm. we've said we've passed each other said hi of course and stuff like that in parades but otherwise you know um we don't really know each other yeah so I've been kind of looking forward to this because
1: oh so you have no idea what the story is no idea what the story
0: is yeah she wouldn't tell me oh okay (laughs) she (laughs) said you have to wait till he tells you I said okay go. Okay, she also did it to mess with me, but oh, which is fine. Sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, So do you want me to just go? Yeah, right please. From start? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. So this is gonna be interesting because I haven't really opened up publicly about mm-hmm. this story.
0: Oh well, before we go on, are yeah. you okay? People know that it's you.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm totally okay. fine. I did mention I am part of like a first responders uh, helping group. I think that's where Jen founded. And I posted there because I noticed a lot of officers or like first responders Mm -hmm. um, were sharing their experience of trauma and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I decided to, that's the first time I decided to share it, which was about a week ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where Jen heard it and reached out to you. Yeah. Yeah. But pretty much um, I, I was, I was born in South Korea and it's regarding my brother. So he's not, he's not with us anymore. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Um, Oh, thanks.
0: (laughs) Well, i got two brothers, so...
1: Yeah, so it was just me and my younger brother. He was uh, three years younger than me. Uh, And my parents, we moved here for a better life. Mm -hmm. Uh, In Korea, there's a lot of pressure for uh, kids to study really well, Mm -hmm. do really good, everything's super competitive. Has a very high uh, suicide rate because of that. Really Um. Yeah, so my dad, he's... uh, he worked really hard. He actually has a disability um, from polio, so he can't uh, bend his right knee. Like it's actually completely gone. His nerves are burnt out. Wow. Because he grew up in poverty and yeah. couldn't afford treatment.
0: And there was still polio in. And-
1: yeah, yeah. It was uh, right when polio was pretty much going away, and he yeah. got it, and uh, he couldn't get the vaccines or anything, like yeah. or the medication. So yeah, he he burnt out and like he couldn't use his right leg. Wow. Um, but yeah, he worked really hard. And so my parents brought us over here and we had a really, really good life. Um, and I was going through university, uh, working towards law enforcement career. And my brother, he was a really good chef. So he started off, um, I won't say the names of the restaurants and stuff, just, just in case of privacy stuff. Yeah, that's cool. But he started off with one of the bigger restaurants uh, and did really well and got offered like opportunities to go to school if he was going to stay as a chef for them. Uh, So, yeah, things were pretty good. Um, And I went through my recruit class, graduated uh, and I was, I think, two or three months on the job after graduation. So I was being coached still really fresh. And it was October 18th. I'm pretty sure it was the 18th uh, of 2018 when the duty inspector and my sergeant called me into the team office. And I knew something was up, something was going on. And I thought I was in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, Well, I mean, that'd be the first place they had going. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, duty inspector came all the way down to just talk to me. That's not good.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
1: Uh, So I go there, and they close the door, and... I'm preparing for some kind of really bad thing that I did. And then they start asking me some questions about vehicles that my bro- my, sorry, my dad drove. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I told him, yeah, he has two cars, uh, a van and a sedan. Uh, it's a Civic. <clears throat> and they asked to confirm any of the plates on there, who would be driving it, if my dad would be out and about. So... I confirmed the plates with them and I confirmed that my dad's still in Calgary, like at home. Uh, and they said that the RCMP found the Honda Civic, which was my brother's mm-hmm. out in BC near Invermere Windermere area, mm-hmm. kind of far off into an off uh, like a dirt road or something yeah. into a service road, like deep into the mountains. And they said that they found two bodies inside the car. So at that point like obviously I'm just I, I didn't know what to feel. Yeah. I it was my brother's car and there's two bodies inside. And obviously I go right to like my brother's bodies in there. Um and everything I I came and ex- explain what I felt, but like it's almost like I lost hearing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hear. They kept going on about something and I kind of just I couldn't hear anything they were saying like my heart was racing like I just it was a weird feeling it wasn't a good feeling I can almost and feel it
0: right now I have to go back eh?
1: yeah like yeah like a vacuum like yeah. in space it just everything just disappears and you're just stuck with whatever you're thinking mm-hmm. and I'm sure they did their best to um, you know soften the blow if you want to call mm-hmm. it and yeah. you know they're saying like, we didn't confirm who's inside uh, we, we don't know if it's your brother Uh, But RCMP is investigating as a homicide because the two people inside who are deceased now died from gunshots. Mm -hmm. So they said that uh, we're working or assisting RCMP with the investigation. So our detectives, homicide detectives, are going to be going to my parents to interview them. Mm -hmm. And I obviously didn't want my parents to, you know, associate... Um, or detectives, uh, or uniform members, to like that feeling of finding out mm-hmm. that their son might be dead. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to tell them, like, break the news. Yeah. Uh. So I told them I'll go, and my team members, my sergeant, went with me. Uh. I got out of uniform, and I went there, and so pretty much my first ever death notification was the death of my brother Oof, to my parents. Assured, <laughs>
0: that's, that's intense, man.
1: Yeah, so I didn't even know what to say. Like walking up to the door, it was I, a lot of stuff was going through my mind. Like, how am I gonna tell my parents? Uh, so I just did it. I went up to the door and sat them down and told them the news. And I'll never forget that night. <laughs> like it was, oh, man. it was a lot of emotions going through. And I told them the homicide detectives are on their way and they want to interview us mm-hmm. and told them, yeah, it's not confirmed. That was my brother or uh, he was, he had a fiance. I didn't we didn't know he was engaged at the oh, time. Good. We knew he had a girlfriend.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, but we all knew that it was going to be them mm-hmm. uh, just from the description of the bodies. My brother had a lot of tattoos, um, like all the way down. He had full sleeves. Like down to his legs, to his ankles, like everywhere. Um, and yeah, the tattoos matched. And the description of the people, it matched. Like a um, Caucasian blonde lady uh, around this age. And I don't know, Asian uh, man, you know, like with, you know, this height, this hair with tattoos, blah, blah, blah. Driving my brother's car. So yeah, we knew it was it was them. Uh, so we had to interview that night, and to be honest, uh, at that from that day on, I don't really remember exactly the chronology, like what came first or how long it was until we heard back from RCMP. Like everything's kind of mm-hmm. meshed in. Um,
0: well, I can't even imagine,
1: man. Yeah, but pretty much it was it was a waiting game because uh, we couldn't even get the uh, the bodies moved to Calgary because it was an investigation they need to do autopsies and all that yeah uh so we were just waiting for the bodies to be released and so that we could uh plan the funeral mm-hmm. uh and it was i think it ended up being like two weeks until we couldn't even plan the funeral yeah. so it was just we were kind of in the dark for about two weeks and it was really rough because obviously you go through all the uh you know stuff that your brain tells you like it's your guilt um at one point you hit denial like it's not my brother it can't be my brother um anger you're really mad about everything like you know all those emotions you know the phases you go through mm-hmm. and then eventually we got a call uh and he yeah, has confirmed obviously at this point uh that it's my brother and his fiance and um they were trying to figure out how to get the bodies over. Mm-hmm. Um, so my parents were at this point just completely broken. Like they, they couldn't eat. They weren't sleeping. Uh, they weren't talking. They were just kind of like, like there, yeah. they were just there. Like every morning you're just sitting on the couch, like staring into space. Um, either that or they're crying and, uh, they already struggled with English and especially my mom. Um, so I started to take on the job of, uh, all the post death related things, um, government documents, like tax related things, uh, the it's funeral expensive to die too. Yeah. Yeah. I never realized. And yeah. it was, it was quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was, it was like buying a new car,
0: <laughs> which is really strange. Anyway. It
1: is. I mean, you can't go down the route of like the cheapest mm-hmm. way you could, which is just simple cremation. And then the cheapest urn you can get and you can decide what you want to do with it. You can either bury or just keep the urn. Keeping yeah. it would be the cheaper one because if you bury, you have to buy plots. And yeah. um, But uh, my brother did have a pretty tough life. He did go through a lot of anxiety and stuff. Um, and he had some medical issues. Um, nothing detrimental to his health or his mental health, but just for like, he had some skin stuff, so he was struggling with that because he never wanted to take his shirt off, um, and he had trouble finding relationships because of that. Uh, so he he grew up a little tough regarding that, and my parents obviously felt like they didn't they couldn't provide the best life for him, and they felt guilt, mm. and they we figured the best we could do for them is at least give them a good funeral, mm. and have all their friends over. So we started planning the funeral, uh, and we wanted to have the body over, and a lot of the friends um, wanted to say goodbye, and my parents wanted to see him one last time. So I had to ask them, "Hey, how is the condition of his body? Because mm-hmm. if it's really bad, you can't. You can you can only do so much to yeah. you know kind of clean them up, right?" Yeah for an open casket, and they told me it's going to be tough, but I asked them to try, and they actually did a pretty good job. So, uh, we ended up going for the open casket for everyone to say goodbye and whatnot. But before we get to that point, um, I asked for the investigative details, and I think the information that was shared with me normally, you know, probably wouldn't have been shared, Mm -hmm. uh, but because I was a police officer, and the RCMP officer, you know, wanted to help me out a little bit, and he shared with me a lot of information. Obviously, information that wouldn't hurt the investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, but he shared with a lot of, with me a lot of information, like satellite photos, the scene photos, uh, the location. Obviously, didn't want to share any of the gruesome stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he gave me some of the details of their passing. Um, know how they were seated where they were um, you know w- w- if they were listening to anything uh, who were shot who was shot first uh, blah 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 and this was a, a double suicide sorry I didn't get to that point but it was a double suicide
0: and Dude, how, how are you like during that time like how are you handling that man
1: honestly um,
0: I can't even imagine like I can't imagine
1: <laughs> after the first First few days, I I think when I came to realization that I need to take care of my parents, mm-hmm. um, I think my brain just kind of pushed it to the back and just uh, mm-hmm. numbed it out, mm-hmm. and it numbed out, and I just kind of stopped feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really weird. I stopped feeling like I wasn't sad anymore. I wasn't angry anymore. Mm-hmm. The guilt was always there. Yeah, I feel like I, I joined the police to help people and save lives, mm-hmm. but. I couldn't help my brother, right? Uh, So the guilt was there and I feel like I wasn't a good enough brother. Um, And I did talk to his friends and I found out that yeah, my brother was going through like really bad depression and his fiance was going through something like I'm not really sure what she was going through, but obviously they both struggled Um, and they both um, you know, were supporting each other as best as they can. Mm -hmm. But you know, it was apparently the best time of their lives according to friends who knew both of them. And they were really meant for each other. Uh, they helped each other with their struggles and it, they were doing the best in their lives that they ever saw, like the happiest. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the fiance went through, uh, again, I won't say names or anything yeah, for the fiance, okay. just for privacy, but no problem. she went through some medical stuff and I guess they thought she wasn't going to do so well in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have brought up the depression stuff and the yeah. suicidal thoughts, and I think they thought it might be better if they go out on their own, on their own terms, instead of going through like medical health problems and struggling.
0: It's hard to look down the barrel of that gun, hey? mm-hmm. especially yeah. if you're given news like you're just going to continually deteriorate. Exactly, yeah.
1: yeah. And my brother absolutely loved this girl, and like they loved each other, no doubt. Um, so I guess they decided to pull the you know, double suicide thing. And they went on a really amazing trip the week before they decided to pull pull the pin. Mm-hmm. Um, decided to say goodbye to a bunch of friends without, you know, actually saying goodbye. Yeah. Like they want just want to go see them. And uh, but I found out, yeah, my brother didn't bring it up with my parents because he didn't want to burden them because mm-hmm. they're already struggling a lot with like my, my dad's disability. And they already worked really hard. Um, and yeah, my brother didn't want to burden them and he knew I was going to law enforcement and I was just a of rec- recruit class. He didn't want to like stress me out or affect my career in any way. Um, so yeah, he didn't, he didn't tell me about it at all. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, he actually kept distant and we, I felt him getting distant further and further, but, uh, I didn't really reach out to him too much because again, I was focusing on my career and I was getting busy.
0: Yeah.
1: And, yeah, he he apparently always looked up to me. Like he told his friends, like you know, mm-hmm. that he's really proud of what I'm doing and you know those kinds of things. And obviously, hearing that post death like broke me a bit. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, like I I felt like again like I wasn't a good brother to him. Yeah, uh, I didn't check in on him as much as I should have, uh, or spend time with him. Um, but so yeah, I was feeling that for sure. Um, but. Yeah, I eventually arranged the funeral and um, I learned from the investigators that there was a uh, last wish kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was signed by both of them. And so they
0: did leave like a, some sort of note?
1: Yeah, some sort of note. And I mean, they had journals and stuff and mm-hmm. diaries. And st- they wrote down what they're going through in, in those books. And um, I have it now and I've read through it and it was a tough read. No doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a lot of it's, you know, they're talking about what they went through and how they felt and, you know, fighting the demons, mainly on my brother's side. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just a lot of a lot of stuff that I had no clue about what he was struggling with. Mm. Uh, but the last wish or the will, if you want to call it, um, was that they wanted to be buried together. Mm. Um, and while planning the funeral, it was uh, extremely difficult uh, to talk to the fiance's side to get that to come true. Mm-hmm. The fiance's siblings, uh, sorry, my phone is That's on. Okay. I silence yeah. that. Good. But um, my fiance's f- f- siblings, they were on board. They were amazing with me. Uh, but I guess the parents weren't really in the picture mm-hmm. um, and weren't really involved with their lives anymore. But obviously they have rights to what happens in custody of the body and whatnot and they had different ideas on how they want to deal with the post-death things um so it was it was yeah it was difficult to convince them uh, but in the end i was able to make it work and had both of them at the funeral so uh, and yeah I, I found out they got engaged like a few days before it happened yeah um so it was i wanted to be more like you know a wedding you know a celebration yeah. of their life and them getting together um, and I was surprised at how many people actually cared about them and knew them mm-hmm. um, the funeral home was pretty big um, but it there were so many people that there were people like going out to the parking lot yeah it was wow. it was maxed it was so full
0: well they obviously um, touched a lot of people's lives right? they
1: did and I learned a lot about my brother that I had no idea he He actually saved a lot of people from depression, Mm -hmm. and um, I know at least two lives that he actually personally did save, like, that's on the record. Yeah. Um, He did CPR on someone who had a medical collapse just walking down the street or something, and uh, he was able to save them through CPR. Wow. Uh, So, apparently, yeah, the medic showed up, and they said, yeah, this guy probably would have died if he didn't keep going with the CPR. Hmm. Uh, so there was that and there was another one where I, I guess his buddy uh, was going through some stuff and he attempted and my brother obviously let 911 know, but he either, I forgot what it was if he broke through the door or the window or something to get into the house mm-hmm. and then perform like life-saving measures on his friend and um, and saved him and then medics took over at that point and and then I believe his friend's doing really well now um and i'm pretty sure came and spoke at the or at the uh the funeral but yeah he was the guy who was always there for you no matter what Mm -hmm. three four a.m doesn't matter he'll come and get you or feed you or whatever he's a chef so (laughs) Mm -hmm. um yeah he took care of a lot of people and and everybody had amazing beautiful stories to tell about him Mm -hmm. so yeah he definitely touched a lot of lives and like at such a young age um how old was he let me let me think. Uh, uh twenty four when he mm-hmm. passed away. Yeah, sorry, I have to do some math. That's okay. Yeah. That's yeah, okay. he was uh twenty four, um, and at twenty four, yeah, to have this many people who, who are reaching people flying out mm-hmm. to come to his funeral. Yeah. Yeah, it I'm was really surprised. touching. Oh, yeah, I was. Well, I mean, I, I didn't know what his life was yeah. like at the end there, but clearly he helped a lot of people and had a lot of friends. So
0: I could see that because sometimes the people who are hurting the most, mm-hmm. they try to help the most. Right? That,
1: that was the biggest talk. Actually, yeah. like everyone saw that too and everyone tried to help him, but he, he didn't want to burden anyone. Yeah. And, um, he just wanted to help people, but didn't want to help himself. Yeah. He, I mean, I'm sure he tried at, at points, but he loved helping others more than taking care of himself. Yeah so there are people like that oh yeah totally and yeah. i think he just got burnt out at one point and yeah so um yeah so we we had that and i ended up putting him to rest and his fiance at um queen's uh cemetery queen's park yeah yeah uh, just up north here um and I actually got to know a lot about his friends, spent a lot of time with them. And he had amazing friends, amazing friends who also have their own stories to share. Mm-hmm. Um, but I made a lot of connections that way. And actually throughout, one thing I want to mention is throughout this whole thing, um, the police service did so much for me. Mm-hmm. They helped me with the funeral planning, um, they helped me get in touch with psych services who helped me amazing like a lot like they were great and the new
0: psych services is impressive. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: it was very impressive. And people who I had never even met before reached out to yeah. me. The chief actually called me Wow. Uh, on my personal phone yeah. just just to see how I'm doing and. I was actually shocked. I'm like, why? <laughs> the chief's calling me, or I, you know?
0: I'm actually not shocked by that, to be honest. Yeah.
1: Well, I yeah. I mean. He
0: seems like a down-to-earth guy. Yeah.
1: Right? Now knowing the chief, I yeah. you know, and like oh, actually, have... it's not the current chief. It was a, a temporary one at the time. Oh, was I it think. J- Uh No, I I'm trying to think uh, who it was. Obviously, like my. Oh, The whole year of... was a blur for me, but no doubt there was a. Uh, yeah. Either I, way, the last couple yeah.
0: have been pretty.
1: Oh, yeah. I have I've, I mean, I volunteered with the police service for nine years before becoming a sworn member. So I got to meet a lot of people. And I mean, knowing now, like, how the service treats the people who's going through trauma, like, mm. and just people who are part of service in general, like, I'm not surprised anymore. Yeah. But at that time, like, I I was just out of recruit, cl- recruit class and, you know, people, uh, you know, above me, like, my mm. superiors, like, you have to go through the chain of command kind of thing, like, military, and hearing from the chief was just really nice Mm -hmm. it really reassured me and and you know what i knew that they cared Mm -hmm. but to hear from him on the phone like from his personal time um really reassured me that yeah the service is looking out for me yeah and obviously people who i've never met before reaching out to me i got so many cards and flowers and like asking if they could help me with anything Mm -hmm. it was You know, it really felt like I was part of a a big family. Yeah. Yeah. Who would help me out.
0: And I could see that, eh? Like when there's a a service member who passes away, Mm -hmm. it's the same, right? Yeah. They give that same attention. Mm -hmm. I think what they're trying to do is get that attention ahead of time so that we can maybe alleviate some of the stress when stuff does happen.
1: Yeah. You know. I think so, too. And, I mean, even members who might be going through their own things Mm -hmm. or... You know, even medical reasons. We we always reach out. You know, cook meals for them. Yeah. If they need help with house stuff, like mow the lawn, clean the house. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So I love the service, and it was really reassuring that I joined the right right service. Yeah. And everyone's so loving and caring. Um. So yeah, I went through a lot of those things, and um. Uh, so that was. Traumatic for sure, especially yeah, you know. during the death notification. And honestly, like, they didn't make me do it. Um mm-hmm. I think my policy, the sergeant, sergeant needs to do death notifications, mm-hmm. but I asked him to do it. Like, I want to do it. I just didn't want my parents to associate with that, a mm-hmm. like, uniform to that, ring.
0: Yeah.
1: That feeling you get when you find out.
0: Man, you got some... I don't want to say the word balls on this podcast because it's too serious, but you got, got some balls, man.
1: Wait till you hear this next part. It's oh, not wait.
0: over yet, <laughs> yeah. and there's more.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> Jesus, my brother and his fiance, um, they took everything valuable, anything meaningful to them, anything that was sentimental, like with them in the car. Mm-hmm. And it was all in the car. There were also musicians. Oh, okay. I believe uh, his fiancée played the bass and my brother played guitar and they both sang a beautiful voice. Um, so that's what they did as hobby. And they had their instruments in there. Uh, my brother had like three guitars and, um, and they had their phones, jewelry, all that, um, journals. But anyways, I wanted to... Retrieve all those things. And I was told by... And you know what? My insurance was actually amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think the insurance normally would cover this. But after hearing the story, uh, the insurance company made an exception saying they're going to cover all this. Mm. They said that um, we're going to just claim it, put it under um, like an accident. Mm -hmm. Like it was a car accident. and So we're going to cover it under insurance for you. Because we were... If we wanted to keep the car, uh, we would have to pretty much tear out the entire inside because of, you know, when yeah. it, can, it can get pretty messy when someone gets shot, right? Yeah. Um, we would have to tear everything apart. The windows were blown out uh, from the bullet. Uh, There's a lot of fixing to do and it'd be very costly. Mm-hmm. And also bringing the car over to Calgary uh, would be expensive because that's a big distance. Yeah. And insurance, they'll do all of that. Uh, no problem. And I don't even think they um, put it as really a claim. Like, I don't think it went under as us putting in a claim. You know how they have that one free claim kind of thing? Yeah. I think they did it, did that for us. Like, they did really good work for us. Yeah. And it was amazing. Um. And they brought it over to Calgary. Uh, but one thing that we didn't know was, because obviously we didn't want to go in the car when it was really, really messy because yeah. it's a scene, right? Um,
0: yeah, that wouldn't have been fun. Though.
1: No, and insurance company said that they would have somebody who cleaned the car for us mm-hmm. so that we can go and take this stuff out.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but when, it, when the car got here, I guess there was a miscommunication with the company that does that. Like, apparently, they don't do that mm-hmm. if there is biohazard um, and actual pieces in there. Yeah. Um, so they didn't want to touch it, and I tried to look everywhere for any company that would clean the car mm-hmm. before we go look into it. Um, and no one would touch it. Um, no one. And I think I found one place that may do it, but it was very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to go there uh, and see all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want my parents to be exposed to that, obviously. Um, So I left my parents there and at home. um, And I decided to go by myself Mm -hmm. and go to the impound lot um, or the salvage yard or whatever this was. um, And then go through the car um, and start collecting all their belongings. And that I definitely won't forget either. Oh, man. Um, just because I knew quite a bit of details with the investigation, mm-hmm. um, I knew exactly how they were sitting, if, where their hands were, if they was in up the pocket, or you know how they had seat belts on, uh, if they were looking at each other, um, who got shot first, you know how their bodies came to rest, um, you know all all the details of the investigation, and I could see. The results of that, um, I could smell it. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was pretty, pretty disturbing, yeah, not to say the least. And knowing that it was my brother and his fiancee that was just there in, in the seat,
0: yeah, jeez, man,
1: it was, it was rough. But I spent about an hour, hour and a half there, going through their belongings to see what's something worth taking, what's gonna be you know thrown out with mm-hmm. the car. Um, you know, I packed as many things as I can um, and then yeah again like after like that was I mean that was definitely one of the most traumatic ex- experiences I've had mm-hmm. um, oh man yeah and so I brought all the stuff cleaned it up a little bit because yeah. a lot of it did have blood on it um and yeah I, I returned you know his fiance's belongings to the family. And my brother's stuff, the stuff I really care about is still, it's actually with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And I'm trying to think if anything else happened after that. Um,
0: so how does that, like, the the love that you were given by, like, obviously your family as well, mm-hmm. but, but by the service, like, how does that impact you doing your job? And And um, what happened? How does that impact you as well?
1: Well, um, I was pretty much told, take as much time as I need before coming to work. And they were going to take care of, like, my pay. Yeah. Like, don't even worry about that. Don't even worry about, you know, getting less money or whatever, or having to put in paperwork or whatnot. They're like, we'll take care of everything. Don't even worry about it. You're not not even going to notice anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And they said, take care of yourself and your family. Yeah. Uh, And I think I was off work for about a month, month and a half. And I definitely could have taken much longer Mm -hmm. if I wanted to. But to be honest, like sitting at home, um, I was just thinking too much and Mm -hmm. I was getting bored. Um, And honestly, I think it was better for me to just go back to work and do something like for my mental health. Mm -hmm. So I came back to work and... Um, they were really understanding about everything, very sensitive about everything, um, caring, and I could really do whatever I wanted to mm-hmm. at work. If I just wanted to take one call and just leave it at that, mm-hmm. I could do that. Uh, you know, if there was anything serious or something that I didn't want to do, someone else would do it for me. Mm-hmm. Like by that, I mean like if there was a suicide or something, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, they were very understanding and if I needed a break, even to this day, if I just decided I don't want to work right now, mm-hmm. like I need to take a break because I'm being affected by this, mm-hmm. they would not question it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I'll be able to go home and do my own thing. Um, so I think the service has done absolutely amazing. I think the best any employer could possibly do for their employee Mm -hmm. in in this kind of situation. Um, And I, you know, I I don't think it's impacted my work yet or I I haven't seen it yet, Uh, but I'm sure it's coming at one point. Mm -hmm. uh, And by impact your
0: work, I mean like has it impacted your thinking about people you deal with that kind of Oh yes. uh, A hundred
1: percent. I learned a lot about mental health Mm Quite a bit. And I, I volunteered for about five years with the Victim Assistance Unit. And I learned a lot about that during that time, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but That's
0: a wicked place to go for some volunteer. Oh, experience, yeah. I eh?
1: think it's a great opportunity yeah. for anyone. And you learn so much about policing behind the scenes and, you know, help people at the same time, which is great. Um, but yeah, I learned a lot about mental health uh, for sure. Huge awareness. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was very, uh, I had a lot of empathy and sympathy to begin with for people who suffer from that. Mm-hmm. And my partner, uh, she's great. I think we work great together and we, we love going to those calls mm-hmm. uh, to help people who are suffering from mental health. Uh, but I think this definitely opened up uh, a new, new way for me to approach it mm-hmm. and understand it. Yeah. And I definitely feel a lot more, for sure. Before, like, I felt a lot for the people and wanted to help them. But now it just almost if you, it. almost feels personal now. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that. Yeah. Before, it was just me being empathetic mm-hmm. um, and but trying, to, trying to understand. But now I'm just, and not just the person suffering from it, but mm-hmm. their family uh, and friends. So I, I love going and helping anyone suffering mm-hmm. from that and um yeah and i'm always there if they need to talk about something and um i love following up with them um i know like my job it ends when i take them to the hospital to get checked out or you know have a conversation with them and we decided they're not a risk of harming themselves or other people so we don't have to take them to a doctor um but i think it's important that we follow up At least once more Mm -hmm. with them, like a week down the line or something, Um, and just getting to know their story. Do
0: that, considering how busy you are.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can always make time for like a phone call, right? And it's nice, and honestly, it's rewarding, especially when you find out that they 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 got some help and they're doing much better. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they need more help or they feel like they need to talk to police, sure, Mm -hmm. like I'll come talk to them. Um, But yeah, definitely, it's. I think it was a benefit. That's one of the gifts I think they left for, for me in their passing is a way for me to connect with the people who suffer from mental health.
0: Like deepen your compassion, eh? Yeah. It's it definitely... It had to come that way,
1: man. It did. But you know what? I'll, it'll stay with me for the rest yeah. of my life for sure. Yeah. And I think it's going to help me as a police officer to help the community. Yeah. Um, so I thank them for that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like that's one of the benefits for sure and i'm i'm sure um at one point it's gonna impact you know my feelings too at one point because mm-hmm. I, whenever i see a Honda civic that same model as my brothers mm-hmm. or hear about a suicide uh, especially with a young person mm-hmm. um my heart like races and yeah. everything time stops for probably a second or two i bet yeah i get taken back just a little bit um, but honestly i don't think i would you know i won't know until i'm there but a lot of people would think that i just would not want to go Mm -hmm. to that one and stay away but i feel like i'm gonna be more drawn to it yeah um obviously i'm probably gonna have a bit of you know i'm not diagnosed ptsd but i'm sure i'm gonna feel kind of that PTSD-esque kind of Mm -hmm. feelings when i see the scenes that might be similar to my brother's um but i think i wouldn't want to be more involved in it just so i could help them out more from personal mm-hmm. experience yeah um, because i know how it affects everyone that loved that person right mm-hmm. so and i've already had a few times where i dealt with um uh, family members of you know someone who committed suicide or is going mm-hmm. through something like that and um obviously i didn't tell them this full story but mm-hmm. I've, I've told them i you know i've had a personal experience dealing with it, and I found that they, these things helped and mm-hmm. give them some resources and whatnot, and you know, talk to them on a human level, right? Yeah. And they they appreciated it. So
0: yeah. yeah. But that's the, that's the thing about these tragedies that happen mm-hmm. you would say, like they can they can give us they give us more humanity than we ever thought we needed, right? Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. ability to just kind of connect with people who who understand. You know? Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, it sucks that you have to, you know, learn yeah. that way, but...
0: Yeah, it really does.
1: You know, there's always some sort of a, I guess, bright side to every situation, if you yeah. can find it.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to let you say yeah. that. This <laughs> because <Yes>, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying this that.
1: Is, this is as dark as it can get, for sure, but yeah, definitely I I didn't want, you know, I wanted to take the opportunity to at least learn something from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so if anybody wants... You know, if anybody else goes through something similar and um, wants to talk about how I dealt with it, mm-hmm. they're definitely more than welcome to contact me.
0: Is it cool yeah. if we leave like a phone number or address or email or something? Yeah, anything. We'll attach it. We'll give it to Darcy after. Yeah, for and sure. Then, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm always available. So if That's anyone awesome. wants to talk to me about it, they're they're more than welcome to.
0: Thank you very yeah. much. I appreciate it, man, because I, like, I have suicide in my family, too. And Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was a long time ago, even mm-hmm. before I knew the person. But uh, it's amazing how it, it's followed me for my whole life, right? Because yeah. I've attempted a few times. And, yeah. um, like I, first of all, I don't want this to sound um, any way except for like with respect, because I really mean it. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a lot of respect for what your brother did yeah i don't i don't mean that in a negative way i just mm-hmm. mean like when uh when humans know their life well enough to know that they're done yeah i i respect that i i don't have any judgment about it right because i under, i understand what, what happens when you're there mm-hmm. you, you there's nothing else nothing else matters you're you've made your decision right yeah
1: and i i agree with that mm-hmm. and you know i i feel for them if you know that's the point they've reached Mm -hmm. but that's that's something only they can fully understand at that point right and i can't pretend to know what they're going through or tell them what to do Mm -hmm. you know i can only be there to help them out if they want help but Mm -hmm. you know they yeah i can't even imagine what what it takes for someone to get to that point yeah and what they must be struggling with or feeling you know so
0: yeah and all i know about it is where i was and all I can say about other people where they might be is, if it's similar, that means you're empty. Yeah. If you're there, you're empty. You've yeah. got nothing left in the tank, right? And, exactly. And, and I think, uh, well, first of all, I think our world looks too harshly on that anyway. Yeah, definitely. Right? And, yeah. and a lot of that's because of Christianity's influence, right? Like, because of you're going to hell if you do this stuff. Right. Which is obviously bullshit, right? Like, yeah. I mean, in my mind, that's bullshit. Like, that is... <laughs> out and out just wrong yeah. right because i don't think any creative force that created mm-hmm. us humans or mm-hmm. whatever people want to believe why would it why would it be mad when we're sad like yeah right like why would it be mad when we can't go on
1: exactly it wouldn't be mad. Right? yeah
0: it would understand i think
1: yeah like, i think it it would have the most of empathy and sympathy right? exactly yeah, yeah. Like, it, you know it probably have the most love it could give mm-hmm. for those kind of people mm-hmm. right yeah, and I think yeah.
0: people have completely messed it up, got it backwards, right? Yeah,
1: I think it's just, you know, I think religion is very, um, you know, it has the the values and the mm. ethics and the morals that it wants you to follow, you know, don't harm other people, yeah. you know, be good and all that. But other than those things, um, I think religion is a guideline on how to be a good human being.
0: It, it should be, yeah. yeah. And,
1: yeah. you know, how people interpret it is Mm. what changes it. Right. Yeah. And I think back in the days, you know, years ago, Mm. people kind of wanted to form it to their own ways of things. Mm And, you know,
0: I just, I've always had a hard time with that. Hey, like that Mm -hmm. God is going to hate you if you take your life.
1: Mm -hmm. And I I always
0: thought like, okay, well, how does God love them?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because How is
0: that loving? Right. Like if, if this God thing is our father or whatever, and, and, I'm not trying to paint one picture or another right, when it right. comes to religion, but if this is a father figure, what kind of father is that? Yeah. Right. Right. That sees one of their children hurting, obviously mm-hmm. the depth of their soul hurting. Mm-hmm. What kind of father is going to like deny that? Yeah. You know, like I just don't buy it.
1: Actually one thing, I don't know if the podcast is over right now. No, no but, we're good. We're, we're still uh, talking. <laughs> one thing I, uh, <laughs> I forgot to bring up is, um, I did grow up as Catholic mm-hmm. and, um, i'm gonna be honest here i'm not religious in any way um but i'm I'm also not the person who denies the existence Mm -hmm. of some sort of uh, a god figure because you know what who am i to say that god doesn't exist yeah i'm just you know a human being on earth doing Mm -hmm. my best right um and there's you can't say there's no proof to say that God doesn't exist. So I I fully support anyone who's who has their own religion. Mm-hmm. And I respect that and appreciate it. Um and I think religion is also I know a lot of people say religion's religion can be bad, but I think it also can be very good. Very much. So. And um and I that's what I also experienced during that dark period. Mm-hmm. Um again, yeah, I, I was Catholic growing up, but at this point when my brother died, I wasn't religious, but a friend of mine reached out to me and said, hey, um, I go to this church. It's um, kind of modern type of church. There's a lot of like we have our own band. Lots of young people have come. You know, it's it's very flexible. We use a lot of social media stuff like memes and stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's, it's really fun. You should come. Um, and, in, you know, I took that with a grain of salt and decided to go with her. Um, And you know what? Immediately, what I felt was anger. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? If you exist, God, if you exist, why did you do this to me? Like, I lived my life as best as I could, you know, helped as many people as I could, looked after my parents. My parents are like the most pure human beings you could ever meet. They're Mm -hmm. so sweet. And my brother, he lived a tough life already, you know? Uh, but he's helped so many people. Why did you take him? Right. And so there's always that anger. Um, but I, and I'm not trying to get super religious here, but being at that church, I was angry, and then probably like five, ten minutes in, um, uh, in the service, like I felt like this warmth, like a welcome. Yeah. And maybe it's just the people around me who were super supportive. Uh, they didn't know the whole story, but some of the people there. Uh, I told them what happened, you know what my story was, and then they were just like a family again, you know mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the messages that were uh, the message is different every week, but mm-hmm. the messages felt very very kind of eerily accurate to what mm-hmm. I was going through like very timely hey? yeah, it, yeah, the timing couldn't be any more perfect yeah. and I was like, is this service today met, like directed at me does mm-hmm. does he know yeah. <laughs> that I'm here like um but it, it felt different, and you know what, a lot of the stuff that was said, um, it was, you know, just take what you can from the message, right? Mm-hmm. But um, it, it, for some, somehow, I can't even explain it, it kind of, it helped me, mm-hmm. you know, ease a bit yeah. and find a bit more comfort in it. I think that's um, the whole
0: idea. That was the whole intention of it was to yeah. give us comfort, especially people who are hurting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, again, I, I mean, I, and I, I went a few times more mm-hmm. after that. Um, they were really, really welcoming and that's cool. it was fun too. Actually, yeah, I was surprised. It was very modern. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. So I think religion did help me in that dark period to kind of help me stay out of that, that, yeah. that wormhole, the darkness, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah I mean right now I'm still not like dedicated religious guy mm. but I think religion has I can definitely say religion can be very good mm-hmm. you know I, I appreciate it
0: when people yeah. use it in that way to comfort and to mm-hmm. help each other I think it's probably one of the best ideas ever right mm-hmm. like to work together be a mm-hmm. good human like support your neighbors all those kinds yeah. of ideas of course they're amazing Right? Yeah, it's when other so it's when they start focusing on the other ideas. Right, that right, problems yeah. begin. Right? Yeah, I don't think there's inherently a problem with the um, the guidelines that religions put mm-hmm. out. Right,
1: like I be, mean, if you look at any any religion, the guidelines mm-hmm. are generally the same thing.
0: Yeah, they're similar. Yeah, just be a good person.
1: <laughs> like, Different language, yeah, right? But yeah,
0: yeah you're right, mm-hmm. and I think that's why they still exist. I think mm-hmm. right is because they do that, yeah. they, and there is something about faith that. Mm-hmm changes a human being yeah. in ways that nothing else really does yeah. right like where, when when a human being f- is faithful to whatever they believe in yeah it could be simply i don't know some some team whatever it is yeah. right that they're faithful to it changes the person
1: yeah right i think you know whatever it is you you believe in or your faith is mm-hmm. if you if your faith is strong i think that faith is probably one of the most powerful forces mm-hmm. like other than love and stuff like yeah. that that can really change a human being and like mm-hmm. humanity in general. Yeah, yeah. So, I agree. Yeah, faith can get you a long way mm-hmm. for sure.
0: Yeah. Right on. Well, thank you, Jen. How long yeah. are we at, dude? An hour. Really, dude? We've got yeah. like wicked, like internal clocks. Oh wow! <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's exactly enough. Well, thank you so much for coming in, man.
1: Thanks for having me, and it was a pleasure. Yeah, yeah it was nice right to on. talk to you. Yeah, yeah you, you as sit well, Sit actually talk to you. Yeah.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode. Thank you for your time. And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedoms Path Recovery Society. Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts.